1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you would. I've got a word I've been working on for quite a while, and I want to uh, look at something this morning. How many know, as Dwayne said in prayer time, we are living, literally, church, what we could never say before, we can say now with more security, we are living in the last days. We are living in perilous times. We've seen so many things go on in the last few weeks and months in our nation and around the world that we know that, that God's timing is coming to a head and we know that the church of Jesus Christ, is, which is what we are this morning, is preparing for the greatest moment in the history of the church. Can you say amen? That's when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ will rise and the Bible says that we will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord. Amen. And we shall forevermore be with him. And I thought I might get more than just Dwayne excited about that this morning. I'm excited about that this morning. Maybe if I read it, you'll get excited about it. Amen. There's coming a day, amen, when we are going to get out of this place before the tragedy that really comes from the book of Revelation comes. And I want to show you something this morning. This isn't just a rapture message. Please get, get an understanding. This is very, very important, very, very uh, uh, timely this morning. So look at verse 13 of chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians. Paul is writing as he has received from the word of God, as he's received from God's mouth to his ears. And he says, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. How many know we are not hopeless this morning? We are a church that has hope. Amen? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many really believe that? Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep or have died in Jesus. And this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen. I want you to read that good. And the dead who in Christ shall rise first. Didn't just say those who proclaimed Christ. It doesn't just say those who who, who said they believed in Christ. It says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Can you say amen? Then we who are alive, how many alive people do I have this morning? Amen. And remain shall be caught up. Harpasso. Amen. In the, in the Greek. Actually, in the Latin, it comes very even closer. Amen. To the word of, in Latin. Amen. The word to be caught up, to be snatched away, it means to be taken out of danger. How many like to be taken out of danger? Or would you like the bus to just hit you? How many like to be taken out of danger? Okay. That's what the rapture is. The rapture is to be taken out of danger. And so it says, we'll be caught up together with them, with who? Those who are in Christ, have died in Christ, to meet the Lord in the air, and we shall always be with the Lord. And he says, comfort one another with these words. Now, if you've been in this church very long, that's not a new verse for you. Can you say amen? We make a statement to you this morning on August what, 9th? Today's the 9th? We make a statement to you. Right now, as we move forward in the, in the history of the church, there's going to begin to be more than ever two, two churches. 
There's going to be two churches, and right now it's happening around the world. There is a church who is cold and is dead and is not living for the Lord, and it's going one way, and there's a church who's alive and on fire and serving God, and it's going the other way, and it's going towards Jesus. Amen? If you don't believe that, read the book of Revelation. But really what's going to start setting people apart is the church that is the remnant church of God. When I say church, remember that's not Victory World Outreach or the church down the street. That's the church of Jesus Christ. Okay, that believes what we're preaching out of the Bible. The church that is the remnant church is the church that right now at this time is preaching about what is coming and what is going on and not preaching about stuff that don't amount to anything. And the, dead, the dead church, the cold church, the frozen chosen, amen, are going the other route. They're preaching the prosperity gospel. They're preaching about becoming champions. They're preaching about be having a better life, but they're not preaching about anything relevant to what's going on in this world right now. Amen? How many want to be the church that's ready and watching and waiting when these things begin to happen that have been prophesied for thousands of years? I want to be that church. I want you to be that church. I want us to be that people this morning. Amen? Malachi chapter 3, if you'd go there. Now some of you, as I say Malachi chapter 3, are going to say, oh, here it says the tithe message. Because that's all some of y'all know about Malachi. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen with me. Y'all were all excited when Dylan was up here. Want me to give the mic back to him? Come on, help me out here. Malachi chapter 3. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I preach better when I get one every once in a while. Malachi chapter 3. But honestly, we do a lot of times think, well, that's, that's what that chapter's about. There's something hidden. How many know the Bible has some powerful hidden truths? Now, before I proceed, I want you to write something down. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down the book of Remember, we've been talking about this for a long time. I'm going to finally preach it. Amen. The book of remembrance. You writing that down? If you don't write it down, remember it. I want you to get that in your head. That's what this message is about. Now, I believe, and I'm going to show you in the scriptures. I believe. How many were here last week or the week before? I don't remember when it was when I preached about the three sounds. How many remember that? Some heard the trumpet. Some heard a, a voice of an angel. and Some heard thunder. Y'all remember that? If you didn't get that, get online and listen to it. Get somebody's notes. I don't have time to go on that today. It's very, very important. It was a story about Jesus where he, he uh, her, uh, was um, preaching or, or praying to God, and God spoke to him and said, I will glorify, I've glorified you before, and I'll glorify you again. And when he said that, there was three types of people listening. Everybody heard something. Okay, y'all following me? Everybody heard something. In this church right now, I could say there's three types of people. I'm, I'm just making that general. I'm not going to point at you and say you're this and you're that. I'm saying everywhere there's three types of people. There are people who hear a noise. You might be listening to a message at church and you just hear a noise. I'm preaching and you're just hearing blah, blah, blah. You know, like, what do you preach about? That's what some people hear in church. There's another people who hear words and even know it's spiritual, but there's no revelation. There's a big group of that. And then there's a people who hear the voice of God. Y'all with me? There's a people hear the voice of God. Now, I'm going to show you everything I'm telling you in Scripture this morning. I'm going to try to get through this this morning. If I don't, we have Sunday night service. Okay, I'm going to try to get, but I'm telling you, this is, this is a revelation. This is something you need to understand. You need to, you need to pay attention because I believe 
just as those three voices are heard on that day that he spoke. How many know God does not do or say anything just by chance or just to say it? He doesn't do that. He didn't give that story of some heard thunder, some heard the voice of an angel, and some heard the voice of God just to say it. He's teaching us something. All the people there heard something, but not everybody heard what they needed to hear, which was the voice of God. Okay? How many know there's a lot of voices today? Okay, so we don't want to be that person who's even just spiritual enough to know it wasn't thunder. Because that's really, that's really the people who are lost. And, and in church, you can be, yeah, of course you can be lost in church. That just because you come to here doesn't make you saved. Okay, how many know, how many know that? I said it before, it's like you park it, you go into a garage, does not make you a car. Amen? It, you go into an airplane, airport doesn't make you an airplane. Amen? You just, uh, you're not just because you're here. And so we have to understand, we've got to hear the voice of God. And the hearing of the voice of God comes from here. It doesn't come from our spiritual, our physical ears. It comes from our spiritual ears. All throughout the Bible, Jesus says in the book of Revelation and all his gospels and all the way in the Old Testament says, he who has an ear to hear, let him what? Hear. Not just a physical ear. It's a spiritual ear. Okay, it's a spiritual thing. It's something we have to listen to. Now, I want you to see in the book of Malachi, right here, something important, because I believe that there is a sound that will be heard on the day the trumpet sounds, and I believe not every person who says they believe in Jesus Christ is going to hear the trumpet. Am I making myself clear enough? I'm going to show you in the scriptures, okay? I'm not just making up some doctrine. Not everybody who, sit, who hear, says they believe because the Bible says that even the demons believe in God. Belief is not, it's just, oh, I believe. It's more than that. Now, I'm not putting works on your salvation. Let me just throw that out for all the people who think that that's the case. I'm not putting works on this. To be saved, all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and to be forgiven and accepted by God, there's nothing you have to do. But that's not all you have to do is just get saved. Amen? And I'm going to show you this this morning in the scriptures. So let's look at Malachi 3. How many are there? Verse 13. This is going to be the main text, and then I'm going to show you some other very important verses. He says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And you have said, how many know you hear this voice in the world today? It is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go over this slow because I want you to see some things and catch them. How many know that when we're reading the Bible, we've got to catch things? There's a person that's saying with their mouth, it's useless to serve God. But they didn't just say that in just passing. They're saying it like, I've tried this and it didn't really work out like I thought it would work out. See, Christianity isn't something you try. It's not a fad. It's not something that you go, well, let me give this a shot. People think that way, but that's not the case. Serving God is you dying to yourself and being born again. Amen? Totally different than what a lot of people think. You don't just put a cross around your neck and you're saved. You don't just hold a Bible in your hand or have one on your, on your table at the house and be saved. Y'all follow me? 
There's a people who come into contact with the gospel, hear the gospel, but are never saved. Okay, and so he's saying, I, I've got a problem something. Y'all have been harsh against me. And of course, he didn't use the word y'all. That's Texas, amen? But he says, it's useless to serve God. What profit is it that, because look at this. He says that we have kept. I mean, that's past tense. That we have kept his ordinance. At a time, they kept it. And he says, and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts, question mark. So now, verse 15, we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up, and they even tempt God and go free. Now, how many know that's the world we're living in right now? It seems like everybody who's doing wrong is being blessed in, in, in the world's eyes. The crazier you are, the more wild you are, the more, the more anti-God you are, the more popular you are. That's, that's the kind of the world we're living in. That, that everything bad is being placed as good. It's, it's, if you want a definition of today, it's just read Isaiah 5.20. Don't read it right now, but write it down. That's the definition. There'll be a day, Isaiah's a prophet. He says there'll be a day where good will be called bad and bad will be called good. That's the day we live in today. Amen? I could go into a whole lot of current events, but I'm not, that's not my, point, that's not my, my goal this morning. So he says... Uh, they even tempt God and go free. Now watch this. I want you to say, so this is kind of 13 to 15 is kind of a picture of the world. It's kind of a picture of the world of what we're living in right now. And, and, and it's even a picture of, of the state of, of, of the church. And remember when I say church, that's general, as people individually, that, that are just not really, really, really in love with the Lord. They're in love with the idea that they, that, you know, hey, I, I want to be better or better person or different than other people but not they're not sold out they're not they're not they're not dead to themselves they're not they're not 100 serving the lord they haven't laid down at all they haven't denied themselves and picked up the cross and followed the lord it's it's a it's a form and thank you Dwayne, for hearing the holy spirit on that it was a form of godliness right there it was read this morning it's a form of godliness that denies the power thereof i don't want to be a form of godliness i want to be what God is in me. Amen. How many don't want to walk in a form of godliness? You want to be godly. Amen. There's a difference. Now watch this. This is the text. Then he says, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. Now this is the people who are really getting it and really paying attention and really loving God. And says, and the Lord listened and heard them. God hears his people. And so it says, so a book of remembrance, if you've got a pen there, a highlighter, something that can really put emphasis, and I want, you to, I want you to underline this, highlight it, I want you to get this. It says, so a book of remembrance was written for him. A book of remembrance was written before him. How many see that word remembrance? So a book of remembrance was written before him. I told you the title of this message is the book of remembrance. And it says that, just quickly, there's more to this, but it says just in that same verse that those who were written in the book of remembrance had a requirement. There was some reason why their names were written in the book of remembrance. I mean, you're the kind of people that when you hear about something really good and you want to be a part of it, you pay real good attention to what you ought to do to be in that club. That sounds really good. What is it I got to do? Where do I sign up? What, what, what do I do? He says right here, to get your name in the book of remembrance, you fear the Lord. And those who meditate on his name. Those who fear the Lord and those who meditate on his name. They, watch this, shall be mine. How many want to be his? 
Who's they? Those who fear the Lord and meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. Watch this. On the day that I make them my jewels. Now, I, 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 there's so much here, but I'm going to throw this in real quick. I'm going to try to get you to make sure. When he says, so I make them my jewels, remember that there's going to be a day when we're going to be tested. Our, our works are going to be tested by God, not for salvation, but for a crown. And we're going to be given a crown and everything that we've done for the Lord that is for God and our right motives and pure and is, and is worthy is going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. Okay? Right? Gold, silver, and precious stones. And so he will make us his jewels. Those jewels that he gives us will be gold, precious, and silver stones. The things we have done, those are the works. The works we do are not to be saved. The works we do are for him for reward but it's important we are we do these works for him to to reward us but what we do in the works and the reward is something that marks us okay that's an important word marks us marks us as his jesus said if you love me do whatever you want what do you say if you love me, obey my commandments. So if I love God, I obey his commandments. If I obey his commandments, he marks me. How many know that he will love you whether you do his commandments or not? He didn't say, I'll love you if you do my commandments. He said, if you love me, do my commandments. He will never stop loving you. He will love you all the way to your destination even if you reject him y'all follow me but if i love him then there's something i do to show him i love him and it's obey his commandments and if i obey his commandments he marks me if i obey his commandments he writes my works in a book of remembrance okay now, just to, just to make this clear so I can go into the rest of this so that's like, okay, I, get, I got it. I, I might have missed a few things, but I got it. Here's, here's the title. Here's the, here's the understanding. Here's what I believe strongly. I believe, and I'll show you this in a second. I'm going to show you this in the scriptures. There's more than one book. We know the book of life. Everybody knows the book of life. We talk about it all the time. We do a salvation at the altar, and we say, your name, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Okay? But I want to show you this morning that there's something very important you have to understand in this message that when you say uh, Jesus is your Lord and you believe in him and you're saved, there, there, obviously your name goes in the book of life and, and, and it's written and it's there. But I believe in the scriptures that I'm going to show you that there is a certain book of written called the book of remembrance that is going to have to do with the rapture. With the rapture of the church. Who's going? Y'all following me? Who's going in the rapture? Because we know that there's going to be a time of tribulation that's going to come, and we know from the scriptures that not every person who says, Lord, Lord, is going to go in the rapture. Are y'all following me? And so those people who are not in the book of remembrance, and I'll show you what the requirements are and the things that the word says, those people that are not in the book of remembrance... Those people whose names are not in that book are not going to hear that trumpet. They're not going to hear the sound. And they may have to because they didn't take things serious with God. They may have to prove their faith through the tribulation. 
Y'all following me? Is that making sense? I'm, I haven't given you the base of it yet, but I just want you to understand that that's what I'm trying to teach you this morning through the scriptures is that there's more than one book. And that book of remembrance has to have something. And so here's the question. If Jesus says not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, that means there has to be some kind of requirement. Y'all following that? So you say, okay, if he says not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, then you say, then who is the ones that go? How do we know? Is it just like, is God just saying, yes, no, yes, any, me, any, mo? That's not what God does. It's not that. He's saying there's something that has to be done by us. That he's looking at and that he's writing down that on that day when he chooses to as this says in a minute I got ahead of myself a little bit to take us out of what is to come which is what I read in first Thessalonians the rapture is the snatching away of danger okay and again this morning I I, I sometimes struggle with these things because I get you know this I've got so much in my spirit in my head that I don't even sometimes know what the next step is to take I have notes but there's things I feel like I got to say but then I don't want to spend too much time on it because then I get sidetracked and chase a rabbit and the rabbit runs around a lot and then I can't find it amen and then I don't get back to my point but one thing I want to tell you for anybody that may I will ne may never see again this morning or 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 you you're visiting whatever if you need to understand troubled times are coming that's not what I want to preach about this morning but I want to throw this in I got a text yesterday from somebody who's very, very involved in the financial situation of our country. And I've talked in the past with people, some that aren't even believers, about the coming crisis in our nation financially. And I've told you over and over again, like the sun is going to rise tomorrow, next month there will be a financial crisis. Like the sun is going to rise tomorrow, I can tell you that. How many know God gives us prophetic words? How many know God has a watchman? How many know that God has called us to speak what he puts in our hearts? I'm not calling a gloom and doom thing here this morning. I'm telling you, next month in September, there will be the greatest economic crisis our world has ever seen. And I got a text yesterday from somebody in that, sitting with bankers, and said to me, I'm sitting with bankers, and the bankers are telling me a huge economic crisis is coming in October and November. I responded and said, you're right, but it's not October and November. And if you want, I can give you within days of when it's going to happen. It's not October and it's not November. How many know if the world that is not saved is saying something's coming? The church should be at the forefront saying what's coming. And how we can prepare and how we can be ready. Okay? Now I say that just a little bit there to understand. I've been saying it for an entire year now. That September is a big month. And I don't know if you ever go online or go on Google or look on anything. It's really, really beginning to pick up now. Everybody's talking about September now. Now I'm not even talking about just in the spiritual realm of Christians everybody's begin to talk about September. Have y'all noticed that? Even if you don't watch the news, you might hear it, okay? And so one thing that's important to understand, I'm just chasing this rabbit just for a second, is I heard the other day that someone was trying to say, well, what this is going to be like is this is going to be like a Y2K thing. It's just another Y2K. All 
these things are talked about that's going to happen in September, and September's going to come and go, and it's going to be like Y2K. We thought our computers were going to go down, and we thought we were going to lose everything. Nothing happened. That's exactly what the devil wants this world to think. That's exactly what he wants. He's laughing. Because we know that Y2K had absolutely zero, look at my hand, absolutely zero prophetic biblical talk about why nothing next month has more than i could ever mention in 10 messages put together biblical convergences something's going to happen okay y'all got that i just i just caught that rabbit just put it right there so you can see it. it's important that we understand something's coming something that we as a church if we can be out of it don't want to be here for do we get that choice? No, we don't get to choose. God does. And God says right here, y'all still here? Okay, watch what happens next. What verse were we in? Give me that last one I read. Watch what it says in 17. Sorry, let's read 17 again. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day I make them my jewels, and, 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 and I will cause them to go through the greatest trial that has ever happened on the face of the earth because I don't love them as much as I've said in my word that I love them. That's what it says. I need to get another Bible. Oh, there it is. I will spare them. God, I want to be one of the spared. I can't speak for anybody else in here, but I want to be spared. If you say I can be spared, I'm going to go in that boat. You can't teach common sense. It just comes. Hey man, I got common sense. If I can be spared, I'm on that boat. You want to be Rambo? Stay here. Hey man, you want to be the Navy SEAL? Stay here. If I can be spared, I'm going to be spared. If I get that option, he says, I will spare them. As a man spares his own son. Watch this though, this is very important. I love God's word. He didn't just say as a man who spares his own son. Because God, watch this, because the father loves his son no matter what his son does. Okay? But a father doesn't give to a son that does whatever he wants his inheritance. Come on, I know I'm getting a little deep here this morning, but I need you to stay with me. A father never stops loving his son. That prodigal father and that prodigal son, I'm safe prodigal father to relate. That father did not, did not stop loving that son when he went out and left and slept with the pigs. But he lost his inheritance. He spent it. He took it with him and, and wasted it. And that father never stops loving him where he was. But that father did not go to him where he was that son came back to the father where the father never left okay that's very important to understand he never stopped loving him but he says here i will spare as a son spares his own son who what who what serves him that means there's a condition that means i'll spare him who serves me not everybody's name's going to go in this book of remembrance. We're not talking about the book of life. We're talking about the book of remembrance. And by the way, I'm not going to get through this this morning. So, 
Just letting you know. Because I haven't even started my notes yet. Verse 18. Then you shall again discern between the righteous. Oh boy. And the wicked. Okay, you say, okay, I'm good there. I'm not wicked. Between one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Those words come out of my mouth easy. Lord, Lord. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Now just to not miss this this morning for, for, for the sake of time, go to Matthew 7 real quick so I can show you that. How many are still here? Matthew chapter 7. The book of remembrance. Tell the person next to you, God's word is amazing. Amen. And God cannot lie. Matthew chapter 7. Say amen if you're there. Verse 21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so what's the requirement? What do I got to do to enter in the kingdom then? You tell me not everyone will. What do I got to do? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't just say, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, and left it at that. Right? Wouldn't that be scary? I'm here thankful that God, God's not teasing us up there. He's not hanging a carrot in front of us, trying to, trying to see if we can jump for it. He wants us in heaven. He loves us. He loves us so much he came and died for us. He did not come and die for us for us to go to hell. He wants us in heaven. But he says, look, I got rules. I'm God. You don't like them? Find another God. Try that. And many do. And many make them. I'm going to do the gospel according to Blake. This fits, this doesn't, this works, this doesn't. I like this, don't like this. That's what people do. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who sometimes listens and, no, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He who does the will of my Father in heaven. So we can be happy and excited and feel good knowing that we're doing the will of our Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And before you read on, that, that's twofold of people. One would be those that were that knew the Lord and left him, that, that did miracles in God's name and, and, and backslid and turned away from him and did not finish their life for the Lord. Judas is an example. And the other would be those who profess but have no life, who do things in the flesh and not in the spirit. 
okay, who manifest things and fake things and make things up, but it's not God. Because remember, the devil is a very good copier. And he can fabricate copies. Can't make anything original, but he can, he can copy things. So there's two types of people. Then he says in 23, and then I will declare to them, who's them? Those who say, Lord, Lord, those who are not doing the will of my Father, those who are walking in the flesh, I will declare, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I've preached this message many times. Do you know God or do you know of God? That's the key. God wants to know you. That, that whole message of the sound of the voice of God and the voice of an angel and the voice of thunder was about the fact that Jesus knows his sheep and the sheep know his voice. Amen? How many are following me this morning? Amen? This is, this is, this is just God's word. I'm just, I was going a little fast and I had to slow down because I, didn't want to ma- I don't want to miss anything here. And I'll begin to close this morning on this, this morning's message. I want to go back to the book of Daniel. Actually, sorry, to the book of Job. If you go into the Old Testament, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Written before Genesis. Sounds crazy, but it is tied back to be the oldest book in the Bible. Get to Job 14 and say amen. Job's one of our heroes. Job's one of, our, one, of the, one of the men that you have to admire. Job's one of those books you read when you feel like you're going through, through something. And you realize you're not. Oh, I'm just so down and depressed. Go read Job. You'll feel real good about yourself. Amen? I'm still waiting to meet somebody who's had a worse life than Job. I've met some people who've been through some stuff. I told you, I think, Wednesday night about that pastor and his wife who are starting a church who've lost two of their three kids to cancer and cerebral palsy. But I've yet to meet someone like Job. And Job says in chapter 14, verse 13, Oh, that you would hide me in the grave and that you would conceal me until you begin to pour your wrath out so I can come out and enjoy it. I'm sorry. I'm, I, you know why I do that, church. I'm not messing with God's word. I'm just putting in what everybody thinks sometimes. Okay? Y'all following me? He says, I wish that you would hide me and conceal me. And those two words are very important, hide and conceal, until your wrath is past. And that you would appoint me a set time. And what does he say? And remember me. Where? In the book of remembrance. Remember me, God, that you would remember me. Watch this. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait until my change comes. What change? In, the, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. And the most glorious thing about that is us today in August 9th, 2015 have a chance to be the church that will be changed not from death to life but from corruptible to incorruptible. I might have to say that again because I know you were deep in thought so let me say it again so you can catch it. We 
could be the generation that will be the ones that don't die and are risen from the dead. We will be the ones who are sitting here in church and the trumpet sounds and this corruptible body will take on incorruption and we will go up in the air to meet the Lord in in the air and we will be with him forever and ever. Hallelujah. It'll be the greatest roller coaster ride the world has ever seen. Amen. And I'm going to be on it and if I have a choice, I want to be on the front seat because I like the front seat of the roller coasters or the back get the most speed anybody crazy roller coaster riders in here anybody like the front and the back all right some people said nope well guess what guess what whether you like them or not we're gonna go on one six flags ain't got nothing on it amen but you won't get sick because you have an incorruptible body amen praise the lord I'm going to close this morning. I, I, I couldn't get into a whole lot. I do want to read one more. Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter 12. I said I was going to close, but I forgot this one. How many want to go in the rapture? How many are seeing that we can, amen, go in the rapture? Now, I, I've given you a lot of stuff over the last year that's way more uh, confirming than what I'm preaching this morning. This is a different angle. This is, this is what I believe I'm telling you from the scriptures is, who will go? Who is going to go in that rapture? Because I don't believe scripturally, not because of my belief, I don't believe scripturally everyone who, who just proclaims to be a Christian is just going to be gone. It's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. Just, just, I, I, believe, I, just, I just said a prayer and I'm, I'm not trying to take, I, I, want everybody, I want everybody to go. God wants everybody to go. Not everybody's taking this thing serious. Not everybody's watching. Not everybody's praying. And again, I've given you many, many, many verses that I won't even read today that I'm available to talk to you about any of this stuff, by the way, any time. Amen. I'll give you the scriptures that you want to hear, but can't get them all in in one service. Look at Jan- Daniel chapter 12. Daniel's probably, not to make it better than anybody else, but probably the most thorough, most read, most understood, most misunderstood book of all of the prophecies of the book of revelation because everything said in the old testament is revealed in the new testament amen and so in daniel 12 look what this says i got to get there myself verse one at that time michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of people And there shall be a time of trouble. Now, you can believe that if you want to or not. It says there shall be a time of trouble. Such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be killed in the tribulation. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone Hmm. Who's everyone? What does it say there? Everyone who's found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, Job. He just mentioned that in Job. He says, shall a man live again? Conceal me till your wrath passes over. He says, shall awake some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. 
Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. God's word is clear. There's coming a time of great trouble. It's called Jacob's trouble. Musicians, you can come this morning. It's, it's called Jacob's trouble. And in that time of trouble, it will be the worst seven years this earth has and will ever face. Why seven years? Seven weeks, Daniel mentions. Don't close me off. I almost wish I could do like a silent resistance. You can come and they just be up there. Because this is an important part right here. Don't, don't turn me off. Seven years is coming. Daniel said it. And I don't know if you read it with me. He said it's going to be the worst ever. Ever. That ever has been or ever will be again. Why? Is God a mean God? No, he's a just God. And he has a plan. He's always had a plan. We just don't like his plans sometimes. Isaiah 55, we read in discipleship yesterday. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. Once you get to a place where you say, God, I'm going to stop trying to control you and let you control me, you're going to be in a good position. Once you stop trying to ask questions, say, I don't really get that, or that's not how I would do it, God, and you say, God, you're God. Oh, yeah, God, you're God. Oh, yeah, I'm nobody. You're, you're somebody. Oh, you're the creator. I'm your creation. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get myself in the right position to receive from you here. Amen? Once you get to that place that you say, God, you're God, and whether I like it or not, you're God. Whether I like how you do things, you're God. Once you get there, you're in a good place. Because some people are just hard-headed. Right? We got people that go to prison, hate it, get out, and go back again. Hate it. I hate this place. Get out free for a few minutes, be right back in there again. People are weird. God's got a plan. And first plan is salvation. That we would call on his name and be saved so we could spend eternity in heaven with him. And the second part of his plan is to take his church out of the earth. So he can follow up with the next part of his plan, which is called Jacob's trouble, which is twofold. And the first part of that plan of God is that he's going to deal with his people. And I want to clarify something very important here. This just came to my spirit. There's a gospel that's preached called replacement theology. It's false. Okay? It's false. Replacement theology tries to make us Israel. We're not Israel. We're the church. Okay? We're the church. Israel's Israel. They're a nation. They weren't a nation until 1948, and all of a sudden they're a nation. Israel's Israel. The church is the church. We're, two, we're Gentiles. They're Jews. We're Gentiles. They're his chosen people. Okay? Y'all following me? We are not Israel. We are not Israel. We are the church. If you, if you believe we're Israel, you'll never understand the scriptures. You'll, 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 you'll be lost up here. We're not Israel. We are the church. So the seven years of tribulation is God dealing with Israel, not the church. Now, if you want to be Israel, go ahead and stay here and be Israel with them. I'm going to be the church. I want to go to heaven and be in, in heaven with the Lord, getting my rewards, whether it's a 25-cent thing from the gumbo machine or something the crane has to bring out. I don't want to be here. I want to be there. 
Okay? I want to be up there. Amen? I don't want to be here. <clears throat> I want a reward. And while God is dealing with his people on this earth for seven years, first half is Jews. That's why there's 144,000 witnesses. That's why there's two major witnesses. They're preaching the gospel. They're telling people Jesus is Lord. They're telling the Jewish people Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, y'all following me? And the second half is God's wrath. Why is God a mean God? No, he's a just God. We try, oh, God is love. Let someone kill your kid. And see if you say, oh, God is love at, at the sentencing. You want them to pay for what they did to your kid. Oh, forgiveness. God is a God of justice. And he will not be mocked. And he has preached through the church. And he has warned through the church. And he has said, I'm coming. And he has said, this week is coming. And he has said, this time is coming. And, and, and we're preaching and people don't want to listen. And so he said, I warned you. I warned you. I warned you. Just like in the days of Noah. I warned you. I built an ark. You laughed. You mocked. You made fun of it. And then the raindrops down began to come down. And then all of a sudden you said, oh, you're being serious, God. Okay, let me get in. Nope, too late. The door shut. Not because I don't love you. I wanted you to be in the boat. But you didn't listen. You were too busy with the world. You were too busy doing what you want to do. Now you want in. Sorry, the boat's closed. When the rapture happens, the boat's closed. There's no second rapture. There's no second chance to be snatched away. If you're not ready for the rapture, church, you're going through the tribulation. And then you're going to have to prove your faith to God. By losing your life. Amen. Pastor why are you always so serious. Because this is serious. And I'm not always serious. I'm just serious when I'm preaching. This is serious. I do not want one of you. To have to test or prove your faith to God. Because you weren't taking this serious. We can get out of here. We can be snatched away. That's God's will. Because you do not want to be here. Want your name in that book of remembrance this morning. Amen? Get out. Then, at the end of that, we come back to this earth. And we live on this earth the way God wanted it to be. For a thousand years. And we rule and reign. You know, I don't really want to live for a thousand years. Well, no one asked you. I've gotten to that place. Like, man, God, you know, I don't, the thousand year reign, I'll just stay up in heaven. No, we're coming down. We're going to live here. We're going to rule and reign. Well, you know, I think, I'll, nope, you're going to come down here and you're going to rule and reign. You're either going to be picking up trash, or I'm just making a metaphor, right? You're going to be picking up trash during the millennial reign, or you might be over some people. Right? Rule and reign with Jesus. Well, I'm not really sure if I believe it. Well, you better. Right? And the more you read the Bible, the more you believe it. Faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. Well, I'm just not sure I believe. Well, you better start reading some more. I start praying some more. I didn't get into really the requirements and I didn't do it on purpose, I promise. But I love Sunday night. Tonight, I'm going to get into the requirements. Biblically. Okay? How many want to go on the rusher? Just making sure everybody's smart here this morning. <laughs> if we have any God seals here this morning, y'all go ahead and fight that out. Amen. I'm going.